Welcome to the Cabin Cast. Your getaway primer. Welcome to this week's episode of the Cabin Cast. I'm following up with Kristen's wonderful Q&A from last week with my own answers to the same questions. Now, this is a very serious competition on who answered things best, and as you heard, Kristen is extremely competitive and a very tough judge. So reach out on our socials, let us know who answered the questions correctly and who answered them the best. I'm kidding, but Kristen does such a great job with speaking solo on her Instagram stories or podcast episodes. This is a little new for me, so I'm setting up a picture of a moose or bear on a chair in front of me, so I feel like I'm talking directly to somebody. Let's dive right in. Do you have a favorite episode of the Cabin Cast? Like Kristen, it's really hard to choose, but the people must have an answer. I loved our episode with Dale Mulfinger, which is episode number 44, The Cabinologist. Dale is an architect and author of some of my favorite books about cabins and cabin living. I really love his approach to integrating a building's architecture into a landscape, as well as his creative process. I'm always curious about how and what other people do for a living, and it can seem like such a mystery. Like, what do they do all day? What does an architect do, especially one that focuses on cabins and cabin living? And when someone delves into the creative realms, it's really interesting to hear somebody break that world down a bit. Architecture and interior design interact in such interesting ways. As an interior designer, I develop such an appreciation for well-thought-out creative architecture. The finishes and details really set the tone for what a home can ultimately be. And when we come in and get to decorate these homes, knowing that someone put thought and energy into the details makes the whole picture pull together in such a really fantastic way. Also, I have a really deep appreciation for delivering furniture in homes with wide doors, hallways, and open stairwell. And with talking with Dale, he truly gets it, you know, about a home interacting with nature and how a family lives and utilizes a home and how he takes that approach in his design details. So you're really going to want to check those out, check his books out. And that was again, episode number 44, The Cabinologist. Do you have a travel destination on your bucket list? Now, in a previous episode of the Cabin Cast, I told the story of um, my wife and our friends at Mount Rushmore picking out of a hat, and that's kind of how we ended up in Slovenia and Italy and Hungary on this fantastic road trip and kind of European vacation. So that was kind of how fate would do it. Now, I'm kind of thinking in terms of the Cabin Cast of do I have a travel destination on my bucket list for the United States and kind of the, the cabin culture and places I'd really like to see. Um, we're so lucky that we get to live in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, where there is this like deeply ingrained, fantastic lake and cabin culture. And I haven't spent a ton of time checking out that kind of culture in different geographic locations of the United States. I've been on road trips, I've been out West into different places, but never really in depth in different cabin areas. I think kind of the closest classic cabin area that I've been to, like kind of in a far away place on a different coast was I took a road trip with my brother-in-law to deliver a furniture in the Adirondacks in New York. But that was really like a get there, turn around and leave type of thing. We were staying at holiday inns or small motels and hotels. So we never really got that like bucket list destination. I think in the U S I'd really love to go to 
Oregon, Washington, California coast and kind of do that oceanfront hilltop cabins and homes posted up and perched on the Pacific. Um, that seems like a really fantastic road trip adventure. Stay in Airbnbs along the way. You know, we don't get quite as many whales in the Northwoods, so it'd be really fun to do a little bit of whale watching on the coast. The beach culture, I think that'd be really fun as a family trip to to uh, to travel along the West Coast and and check that out. So that's kind of a, a bucket list destination. Start maybe down in California and head north or or south, depending. So when I studied abroad in college in Australia, there was the the Great Ocean Road was really neat, and that kind of had that flary these meandering oceanside roadways and and that was a really good adventure so i think getting that experience in the united states would be really fun what are you most looking forward to for summer starting my little cottage remodel project so we have a tiny little cottage it's like 16 by 16 on the shores of a small lake that's a few hundred yards away kind of across a little gravel road from our house and We've been in our house for two years. We've been planning on getting this thing remodeled. Life gets in the way as it does, you know, pandemics and all. So that's kind of slowed things down a bit. But this year, we're going to start kind of gutting it out and getting it perhaps kind of figuring out what we have there. And it's really fun to explore when you're remodeling like we remodeled our last house. It was a a full-size house. This is the house our family was going to be in. So there's a lot more practical things that you have to put into it. And I really love as a designer and as someone who kind of thinks about layouts and different things to actually have a structure and some, not barriers, but it's, it's a single room, 16 by 16, opening it up, maybe vaulting the ceiling, putting a small bathroom in it, but just making it like fun, functional space. We're talking about doing, you know, like a pull-out sofa for adults to sleep on and then some bunk beds, like Murphy bunk beds that drop down from the wall so that it can be mostly open all the time to entertain in and spend time down by the water, but then really switch modes and turn into a nice place for a family to stay family or friends to come up and visit and stay and have their own place and privacy. So having those constraints sometimes makes for like such a much more creative and interesting design project. So, you know, to fit a 16 by 16 room with beds for an adult, beds for kids, a kitchen and a bathroom is really fun to think about and get creative. So that's kind of a, a project for the summer. We're also tr planning on like painting our house, staining our deck, so many projects, not as much time. So it's kind of going to be a matter of making time this year versus finding the time. And then we'll uh, hopefully definitely show showcase some of that as it transpires. And it might be a multi-year project, but it might be something we'll do on social and, and share with everybody, either through the cabin cast or through my own kind of Instagram and share it as well on the cabin cast. So that's a super fun project. I'm looking forward to this summer as well as all the, the things we do down by the water, boating, fishing, hanging out. But uh, that's definitely something I've been looking forward to. Hey, it's Kristen. I'm here to tell you about White Arrow's Home. White Arrow's Home is a lifestyle brand that shares a warm and cozy mix of design ideas, inspirational style, and personal journeys from the backdrop of the Wisconsin Northwoods and my lakeside log cabin home. I love sharing daily inspiration for you on my blog, through social media, and in my shop. At White Arrow's Home, you can shop in person in the store, but also online from anywhere. You'll find a mix of antique, vintage, and new furniture, accessories, and gifts carefully curated to fit our brand of classy cabin and cottage decor 
campy style, and always a heavy sprinkling of plaids. New products come in the shop daily with decor that will let you bring Northwoods Living into your own home and style spaces that are inviting, beautiful, and make family and friends want to linger longer. Is there something new you want to try or learn? Over the fire cooking. As I was traveling back and forth from Wisconsin to Colorado for work, I would download some episodes of Chef's Table, which is this really fantastic Netflix show where they do features on different chefs around the world and different ways they interact with the world of cooking and life in general. And one of the episodes really stuck out to me from season one, and that was Francis Malman. So Francis Malman is Argentinian cook and chef. He was trained in the way of French cooking and kind of transformed himself into this more primitive and natural style cooking where he cooks with over bonfires and campfires and buries things in the ground and puts like coals over them and, and slow cooks things for hours and hours at a time and puts on these beautiful rustic meals. And kind of in parallel with that, I've been noticing some different companies have sprang up over the last couple of years. One is Kudu, which is a really interesting South African style of open cooking, where it's just like a simple brassiere cooking style with coals and or wood fire. And they have these different grills and cast iron that change heights. They kind of elevate and lower to kind of work off the fire height, where if you're cooking over just a standard campfire, it can get a little difficult to make adjustments. But Kudu is a really cool grill, so you can check that out. Or there's this new smokeless fire pit called a Brio, which has this edge on the outside of it where you can grill food around the edge of your campfire while you're enjoying that. So it's this fire pit. Everyone sits around. You can cook steaks and vegetables, all kinds of different things on the edge of a fire pit, which is an interesting way of cooking. And it it just seems like a way to make it a little more of a social thing, bring people around, cook together versus like one person standing in front of a grill, you're the one cooking, and turn the cooking part into an experience. And when I was traveling in Colorado too, we my wife and I stopped at an open kind of fire, open partition Italian spot that you could watch people cook and engage with them and the chefs would talk to you while you were cooking. And it was really, really fun. And I think there could be a little bit more of that instead of like the one guy on the grill, everybody else playing, enjoying, hanging out, and then you serve the food to everyone, making it a little more of a communal experience for the cooking. And I think that maybe figuring out a way to do open fire cooking would make that more event worthy and more interesting for me. So haven't quite decided how I want to tackle that yet. And as I mentioned before, with the remodel project, I don't know how much time I'm going to have specifically, but it might be something I'll, I'll dig into a little bit and just start getting a, a taste of. And the other thing that I've been working on and experimenting with is home canning. So when I used to hunt with my dad, we used to go out to Montana. And one main trip really sticks in my mind. We went to this old cowboy's house named Harpster. And Harpster and his wife would can a ton of venison. So you, you take canning, you do it in a pressure cooker. And you can really get amazing flavor and cook the meat so that it just keeps it in jars. You don't have to freeze anything. And it tastes amazing cold. You can make it into sandwiches. You can 
use it for tacos, use it for stews and stroganoffs and really fantastic things. So I've been experimenting a little bit with canning, trying out different recipes. The last deer that I got in Nebraska, I had just kind of cut up into stew meat or processed it myself. That was actually the first one I've done and haven't taken to a meat market. So I've been slowly canning. It takes a little while. There's a lot of process. It's really more scientific than it is like I cook a lot by feel and in just visual, but with canning, you follow the recipe, you do it for the right amount of time. You want to make sure that you're being safe about it. So I'm kind of exploring all that and getting into it. And it's, it's really satisfying. And also canned venison is a really great gift that has been a hit with my friends and family too, is give them a can of venison. And I usually get a text a few days later with how much they enjoyed it. So that's a lot of fun. I'll maybe do some social things on a little bit of the canning process later and, sh- and share that for the cabin cast. I think that'd be fun. So yeah, I mean, the new things I want to try and learn are definitely about cooking, but a couple, a couple of fun things coming down the pipes here. Is there a book you've loved reading or listening to lately? So I just got done with Stephen Ranella's Outdoor Kids in an Inside World, Getting Your Family Out of the House and Radically Engaged in Nature. Now, this provides a wonderful framework for getting your kids outside and experiencing everything nature can offer. It's structured really well in like a tiered approach from camping to gardening, fishing, and then hunting. And it was satisfying to know that my wife and I do a lot of these things already, but how Ranella writes and intermixes his ideas with his own personal and family history is really endearing. And he's a much needed voice in today's tech centric world, especially for families. And you would think he would be really negative and kind of anti-tech, but that's not how the book is angled at all. He acknowledges how things are in truth and offers up some alternatives for families to explore. My favorite quote from the book is, is in response to his kids asking why they have to do all this hard work outside. And he replies, and I'm paraphrasing here, that you need to do this now so that cool people with interesting hobbies will want to hang out with you later. So he, it's not just like anti-screen time. It's more why it's so important to get your kids interested in the outside world, how it provides an outlet for family and family time together that is a really strong positive. And there's a resiliency that's built into bringing your kids outside and doing these things with them that I think would have huge impacts on people later in life. I think that all the time spent inside in the last few years for families has woken people up to the necessity of that, where a lot of that in the past, you know, outdoor time has been outsourced to kids at school and kids at recess or sent him to camp. But his book is really centered on how he and his wife, his family, and how he's been outdoors his whole life and the impact that has on him and how that's made for really strong, smart, resilient children. The Cabin Cast is brought to you by Roughing It in Style. On The Cabin Cast, we talk a lot about making memories. But what makes a home or getaway more likely to create those cherished times? The Interiors team at Roughing It in Style is here to help you find that perfect memory-making balance in your home. The balance between gathering and privacy, form and function, relaxation and entertaining. We have two showrooms stocked with furniture, decor, and lighting. Our up north store is in Harshaw, Wisconsin, 10 miles south of Minocqua, and our out west store sits on the doorstep of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. Find out more and plan your visit today at roughingitinstyle.com. Is there a podcast you've loved reading or listening to lately?
when I'm traveling with my kids in the car, um, I'm, I always feel like I'm second tier a little bit because my wife has the flip down screen so she can just pop a DVD in on longer car trips. She doesn't always. I know that. But it is something that the kids have gotten used to when they ride with mom on, you know, half an hour or two hour car rides. Now, when they hop in with dad in my pickup truck, I don't have those screens. And I finally put the kibosh to my kids asking why they can't ride with mom and kind of came up with a structure where I let my kids be the DJ. We pick songs, we all take turns and that's really fun for a while. Right. But even I can only listen to baby shark or kids bop songs so often before I start to go a little bit crazy. So one of the podcasts that I've been listening to with my kids is called stories podcast. And it's from wondery kids. Um, I think Amanda Weldon is, is the gal's name that does a lot of the readings, but it's written by a team of people and they put together this really amazing stories that are, I think, newly written for every episode. A lot of them are based off of older stories um, from different cultures, but they're kind of written in a fresh and interesting way. And they're performed by a team that always keeps my kids' interest. They usually have fun and less obvious life lessons woven in, of course, as most kids' things do. But it's a really fun break from music all the time. Usually the car gets pretty quiet, especially on the really good stories they have. And they're fun and quirky and interesting. And I think my kids get a lot out of it. I actually really enjoy the stories as well. So that's Stories Podcast from Wondery Kids. That's definitely something I recommend. Is there a show or series you've loved watching recently? So I really like reading. And one of the series that I've always enjoyed and have loved forever is the Jack Reacher series by Lee Child. And it's about this kind of ex-military police drifter named Jack Reacher that travels around the country getting in and out of trouble, solving crimes, fighting bad guys, kind of getting into it with people. And it's kind of got that thriller in the same type of style as like Michael Connelly, you know, just really, really good books, really interesting series. I think he's just retired. His brother, Lee Child's brother has actually taken over the series and written. And a while back, there was a, a Jack Reacher movie starring Tom Cruise, which kind of threw people off a little bit because Jack Reacher in the books is like six five. It's super muscled, relies on his power and and kind of energy and scrappiness. And Tom Cruise just doesn't quite fit the physicality of of the character in the books. So it, I think it kind of threw people off a little bit. Well, they really got it right with the new TV series on Amazon Prime. So it's starring Alan Richson, which Alan Richson is like perfect as Jack Reacher. He hits it. He's got some humor, strength energy and the vibe and style of the TV series matches the books really, really well. And I really enjoyed the first, I'm not, I'm not really big on watching series. My wife and I get into them out of them. It's kind of a time constraint thing with the little ones, but that was one that I kind of dove into by myself. It's definitely not kid friendly, which if you've read the books, uh, you you definitely get that vibe anyway. So you wouldn't assume it was, but you could check out Reacher on Amazon prime. That was something I really liked watching. What would a road trip look like with you? If we're going to take a real road trip as a family, we're going to take our time. So I kind of differentiate road trips a bit in my head as like not just A to B. We're not just going from Wisconsin to Colorado as fast as we can, pop the kids in at night and drive. That's not an interesting road trip. Sometimes we will take a road trip from Wisconsin to Colorado, 
But if we're going to do it right, there's going to be tons of stops. We're going to look at playgrounds, parks, roadside attractions. Usually myself or my wife is like just looking ahead in the next 50 miles at what kind of cool, interesting things, paying attention to signs. We're more meandering, less planned out, less scheduled. When we drove back from Florida a couple of years ago, when we we drove down there in a hurry and then we took our time getting back and that was really fun and fantastic. We did some th- cool things in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We would drive 10 miles off the path to hit a really fun park or if there's a playground that's rated really well. That's one of the things on Google Maps and Google in general that's fun. If you you know put best playground in X city, you can actually read reviews like they'd review a business about different playgrounds and how nice they are in the structure, interesting restaurants. And you know that's really more fun. So it's more meandering, less planned out, less scheduled. A lot of games, music, movies, as I mentioned before, for the kids in the car. And one of the things that I'm always interested in is like beef jerky. Uh, so whenever we're traveling, I try to look at the different brands and regional kind of things of beef jerky. So when we're stopping at different roadside attractions or rest stops is grabbing a, a new bag or flavor of beef jerky is a lot of fun. So that's kind of fun for road trips. We're not like a big singing family. The games we play usually like the license plate game. There's some fun car games you can get with different uh, flash cards and things that will intermix and lots of things for the kids to draw on and, and games to play. And they usually go really well. So that's kind of a, a road trip with us is, is a lot of stops. Going to a getaway is all about making memories. What are some of your favorite memories from a long time ago or recently to the woods, the lake, the river, the mountains, the beach? Okay, this one is actually really fresh in my mind because it just happened yesterday for me. Our friends Jed and Leah, and you'll remember Jed from their ice fishing episode and our episode about making maple syrup. They were camping at a, at a local campground that's really close by to all our homes. They have a camper. They, I think the kids had a a day off, like a in-service day on a Friday. So they had a three-day weekend. They set up their camper. And I stopped by with the boys while my wife and my daughter were at like a dance banquet. So I took the boys to meet Jed and Lee at their campground. And we walked down this kind of steep, winding wood steps down by the lake. And Jed and his oldest boy were fishing and uh, caught a nice bass, which was pretty cool. And I was hanging out with Magnus, my little guy with them. And the rest of the crew kind of wandered down the beach. And and I saw that Leah and her kids were interacting with another family that was down by the beach. And sooner or later, everyone kind of wandered back and Leah introduced us to these, these people. And apparently Leah's daughter had been trying to set Leah and this other mom and one of Leah's friends from school together, they were trying to get their moms together forever and it never had quite worked out. So just kind of magically and interestingly enough, we met at this beach and just the sheer fact that everyone decided to camp and go out. It's really early in the season for camping. The ice just went out a little, a little while ago. Just the fact that kind of by pure, like a higher power got them together in the outdoors and they joined us for a campfire and hung out and they got to meet everybody. It was just a really special thing on like that choice of not staying at home, not playing in the yard, but taking their camper going, you know, 25 miles away ended up making this connection that her daughter and this other woman's daughter had been trying to get together. And it just kind of magically all pulled together was, was really fun and definitely how fate. And like I said, a higher power can kind of, 
interact in that. And it was fun just to see like friendships be created from the outdoors. I thought that was really interesting. What is the best cabin day dreaming of or had recently? So this was just the same day. So, it, you know, at the end, uh, those other folks had met, they had to head out, they went back to their house and we decided to cook hobo skillets on the grill. So I don't know if you guys, anyone out there knows what a hobo skillet is, but Leah and Jed, it's kind of their go-to camping meal. And I always look forward to it. So you just take tin foil, you put hamburger in there and cover it with seasonings and vegetables, and then just wrap the tinfoil up into a little, it's about the size of a big potato, just like a pack or like a burrito that you'd get at at Chipotle or something. But you just put it all together into the tinfoil, and then you either throw it on the grill or you can put it right in the campfire coals and just cook it until it's good. You put a couple slices of butter in there, and it just kind of cooks and, and creates this wonderful flavor. It's really simple and easy, but it's delicious, and it's always something to look forward to. And then Leah was also cooking popcorn over the campfire, which I actually don't think I've ever seen before. She had like one of those long pots on a long stick with the cast iron at the end and she was popping popcorn and that really created some fun and, and flavor. And it's interesting to see her shake it and all the popcorn popping. So the kids were riding around on their bikes and scooters and the campsite was really quiet this time of year. So it kind of felt like we were all by ourselves for most of the time. And that was just a really fun kickoff to summer and, and looking forward to the rest of the year. So I hope you enjoyed the Q and a with me. We'd love to hear some of your answers to these same questions. So shoot us an email, getaway at thecabincast.com or DM us on our socials. Thanks for riding along with me and enjoy your day. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The CabinCast. You can find details and more information in the show notes on our website at www.thecabincast.com. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you won't miss a single episode. Follow us on your favorite social media channels. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The CabinCast. We'd also love to hear from you. We want to hear your getaway and cabin stories. For a chance to have your story featured on an upcoming episode, email us at getaway at thecabincast.com. Until next week, enjoy the journey.